Now we're recording. All right. We're live. Welcome. We're doing like a double header again, the thing today. Um, so this You're is episode. us, man. You can't time dox us. Ryan did it last week. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. It, I feel like the precedent's been set and now we just have to be like fully transparent about this. Um, in the name for the sake of consistent content, but also in the, in the name of not worrying about anything on Christmas and New Year's. We're recording a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, so you're welcome, Savis. Uh, we, we're thinking about you. Um, even on Christmas and New Year, when we're not thinking about you, we've we've taken you into consideration. This is um, the New Year episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would make it... Okay. That'd be the second. 18? So this is ah. episode 18? Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Uh, that feels very, like, numerologically significant, 2022. I don't... going to be a big, big year. I just realized a really good topic, maybe not for this one, we could do it later if you don't want to do it this episode, is we could do like a retrospective on the year and talk about what our goals are for 2022. Oh, that would be a good one. Um, we, we could do it after New Year if you want, but I definitely Yeah, it could be like think, the first one we're recording in 22. Yeah, yeah but like I, a, I a half and half. A more rather than free balling. Yeah, yeah. that's and, something we're doing in the Discord. We're like, we're, we're all like uh, sharing objectives for 2022. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, all right, let's do it. All right, but we did have a show topic kind of tentatively planned. Um, Will, you want to lay that one down, like, nice and thick? Nice and not thick throbbing. and throbbing. Not, not no, throbbing. Not throbbing, we, we, not throbbing, but thick. Got to lay it down. Yeah, because Spotify reached out to us and said, Joe Rogan can keep doing what he's doing, but you cannot say throbbing anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be a, a thick explanation. <laughs> Yeah, so I was uh, I was talking to a friend earlier this week, and he brought up the idea that there's sort of a blue collar white collar dichotomy right now. Not dichotomy; they're almost living in two different markets. Where in the last four or five years, you've seen blue blue collar workers because of like lower immigration, all these other things, their wages have actually gone up quite a bit relative to white collar workers. And so now you almost have this. It, it was even prevalent before, but it's even more pronounced where a lot of blue collar workers will be. They're getting paid well. They've they maybe they didn't go to university. They're getting paid well, and at the same time, they sort of get the feeling like they're taken less seriously because they don't have like a university education, but they're making more money than a lot of their white collar counterparts. And the white collar version of this is you have someone goes, they do like a whatever, like a liberal arts degree. They do they do something that's not necessarily necessarily a professional uh, program like law or uh, medicine or anything like that yeah. and they expect to get paid more for oh i went i'm educated i went to school and they're not getting paid that much and so it's like a pretty i think we've actually even had like a flipping where it's like you you will probably get paid more if you go and learn a trade and i think this has been the case for a while but learn a trade is more profitable than go to university in many cases yeah yeah this has been like a <clears throat> i guess coming on like a decades-long trend um I, I think it became like normalized, normalized for people like not everyone to go to college, but like for most like respectable people uh, to go to college, probably in like maybe like the 80s and 90s. That sounds about right. Like not our generation, but like our parents generation was the first one where it was like kind of expected for like most a lot of people to go to school. Um, and in doing yes. so, you, you think um, I think like the ethos, the, the premise behind going to school at that point like decades ago was that um, 
you can like usher yourself into like the the information economy um the like the learned skills that are going to like garner a higher wage um and with that comes more like a <clears throat> clout um it's there's like a socioeconomic divide a little bit <clears throat> between different uh different professions and i think a lot of trades um anything that you have to do like uh, manually with your hands <clears throat> that kind of got seen as lower or less than and that even if uh like it paid reasonably well uh, people are still incentivized by uh like these status socioeconomic factors uh, so people like we're just naturally incentivized away from doing the doing those things and now we're coming to a point like decades later where that that phenomena has held constant for some time and we now have like shortages of most skilled trades and um because it's a because the employment market is a market because the the supply has gone down but demand has obviously remained relatively constant like we still need people to build buildings and fix stuff um yeah, they're, they're starting to get paid more. And now that we're coming into like the like Biden inflation, uh, labor shortage, um, uh, <clears throat> these trades are getting hit in the same way that the rest of the sectors are. But because we were already kind of like short on these uh, on these sectors, short on workers for these sectors, uh, th these are the first things that wages are starting to increase for quite a bit. Yeah, well, it's absolutely that. And there's a few factors like in... Speaking, I guess, about the United States, because that's the market most people would know the best, is in the United States, so in the last four years, immigration was, or legal immigration especially, was limited quite a bit. And so that took away a downward pressure on blue-collar jobs. And so mm -hmm. at the same time, those people were earning more, and they were more likely, like, their vote now almost, like, matters more. Like, they're pushing harder and harder. And so will immigration ever go up much again? I don't think so, because they want to keep that competitive market protected for them or they want to keep their the market that they compete in protected from outside competition and at the same time relative to canada and i think also the uk the increase in social programs was far larger during um covid than than canada or the uk so because of that like these these programs almost shocked the market more and made it so there was even a more pronounced uh not deficiency, shortage in that labor. Yeah. Because some people were like, oh, fuck it, like, I just won't work. And in Canada, it was already sort of prevalent. Like, I think it's mm -hmm. the same in the UK in some senses, where the money's already there, where you can get pulled out of the market more easily just for, oh, unemployment benefits, that works for me. And it seems like it's a bigger issue in the United States just because it's newer there. And so both of these effects, immigration, social program, comp not compressing the market, just creating a more pronounced shortage in these jobs mm -hmm. and so that just means that they're set for a while and that yep. and that just all these different socioeconomic trickle downs is like you'll have blue collar workers are now protected from a lot of competition and should be mm -hmm. good for a bit but white collar workers it, like, it became more obvious that you could just why wouldn't facebook just hire or fire people and instead of hiring remote in the u.s why wouldn't they just hire remote in brazil or in anywhere like why would they right like, right white collar is so much more competitive than blue collar because there's a no physical aspect to it mm, yeah there is like a, a global marketplace that you have to compete against to compared to if you're doing something that requires you be at a location um that does limit you like as an individual as an employee in certain ways like you, you got to stay there to to maintain that employment 
but it also offers like some competitive protection against um yeah 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 like you can't just outsource that to anyone in the world because most people would have to travel way too far to make it economically viable so it it does become like this sort of walled garden that if if you're in like a particular place if there's like a good market for a particular skill or trade um you're going to get some kind of market protection there at least for a time period anyway I think this this holds true particularly for skilled labor relative to unskilled labor. Um, I, I kind of like follow prices or uh, like hourly rates and wages of uh, different jobs in like kind of blue blue collar sectors. I, I've noticed like over the last few years, entry level shit like if you're just trying to work at like in like a warehouse at like Amazon or FedEx or something, that's kind of pretty much matching inflation. Maybe a little bit better. Well, maybe not better as of like super recently, but as of like the last few years averaged out, it um, tends to rise with like the cost of price of living. But what's increased like more significantly than that is pretty much any job that requires like some kind of like certification or title or skill. Like um, first, pe- first thing people think is going to be like electrician, plumber, like you go to like a six month like tech school or something like that. Uh, then you learn and then like you go through like an apprenticeship and then uh, <clears throat> you, you kind of like up your skill level and then can kind of like um, command more wages. And I, I think that's what people think at first, but even like truck drivers that just require like a CDL and that's the process is roughly akin to just getting like a driver's license. It's very easy, a pretty low barrier to entry. It's not expensive or anything. It doesn't take a lot of time, but you've got truck drivers now. You, you can like starting wage like entry you can get in like 50 60 a year and like in certain regions or people doing like certain routes whatever else it's it's not uncommon to be making like high five low six figures in a job that is not considered like very upper echelon high class but at the same time if you're making like better than like entry level lawyer money for like the super easy just go in and get a driver's license kind of a kind of gig um that that's a very good return on investment and i think the kind of that kind of certification plus the walled garden that you get from like the geographic isolation that um, creates a lot of upward market pressure. So maybe be like we want to say like be long on like walled localized uh, yeah. per- trades and professions. Yeah, yeah, I think it's exactly that. It's thinking about where is like none of us are having kids right now and none of us are having kids that have are looking for jobs right now but it's like what would you advise people to do what what looks mm. good what's appealing where is if say you want to do work for 5 years before you move more into like a trading or entrepreneurship type thing is it better to be doing something like this accumulate money skip university and that's the way and what i was pointing out was the downside is that there is a perceptual issue there that i think also presents a lot of market opportunities where like you can be making more money than someone, but be perceived as almost a different class, yeah, and it doesn't yeah, yeah. make sense. And it it it's one of those things where when is the world going to correct back from oh morality or intellect is your well is your um is your status to money is your status, mm-hmm. and and I feel like that's a pure trader thing. Is like no one really gives a fuck if you were like it, it doesn't matter if you called it if you didn't bet on it. It doesn't matter right, right. if you. Like, like taking the talk out of it and making it more just, okay, so how'd you do? Like, how, how did this perform? How'd you do? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And that's where I think there is, like, like I was like, going back and forth with my cousin yesterday. He and I both just bounced around, like, absolutely stupid business ideas. And we were just like, what could you do with this? Like, what could you market to 
the um, the white collar worker that is like pissed off that they're not getting paid as much as they think they're worth. Mm-hmm. Like I I know this for um like a cousin of a cousin of mine like is sort of like got a first in in English at Oxford type thing. Is like really really smart guy and thinks he's really really smart. Like he's oh I'm so knowledgeable, but he just doesn't really have a plan. He has no idea how he's going to make money. He's had a kid pretty early, yeah. and uh, and it's one of those things. Like, there's no real plan there. There's no real. I hate the word street smarts, but it's that idea. It's like okay, so how are you going to convert this into this? Like you're going to go work at a think tank and be an analyst. Like that's not a path to big wealth. Like the path path to big wealth is like building and trading and like managing your wealth in an intelligent way and your time. Right. And so I think that there's a market there. How do you deal with those people? And then the other market is how do you how do you address blue collar workers who are by all means equally as intelligent, making more money, but maybe like it's harder to date or is any one of these things for no reason. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I look at business opportunities and I'm like, what are the opportunities here? Like in terms of I don't know, whether not even course courses, products, whatever that would fit those people. Yeah, I think I think what people like should do it, it very dependent on their goals. Like, if if you just want like a good job, you show up somewhere every day, have something reliable to do. Um, I I feel like that idea kind of gets like poo pooed on in our corner of like the internet or Twitter or a little subculture that we got going on. Um, we've all kind of like memed ourselves into being very pro like things that like scale exponentially and things that like divorce time from money. Um, so uh, yeah, things like investing and building and entrepreneurship, but. I don't want to say not everybody wants that. Obviously, everybody wants like scalable income or whatever else. But most, I, I think normies aren't all that concerned with it. A lot of people are very, very happy and content just having like a thing that like they kind of like doing that gives them some like hint of meaning that they can show up and do every day. And I think that honestly gets service better by a lot of like blue collar jobs than most white yeah. collar jobs. Like, uh, like this is a little morbid, but I think like suicide rates amongst like plumbers are ele- and electricians are way lower than like any kind of like office or educated job. Like I think dentists off themselves the most. Um, I, I think there are like a number of other professions that are like very well educated and very prestigious, but uh, people just aren't that happy doing them. Um, I think a lot of our psyches are kind of conditioned by, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of years of like, working with our hands like like in like the physical environment and there's something like satisfying on a day-to-day level about going in and doing that so and if that's if you're not looking to make like this big like scaled exit where you're very very wealthy um then professions with the highest and lowest suicide rates oh man really yeah. So Ryan just sent us the 2015 rate per hundred thousand according to CDC. Construction is I guess construction I'm is 52.1 Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's, it's, I, I was just uh, like googling around, uh, listening to you guys. Uh, it might it might be true. No, I don't know. The trend might have changed. Huh? Do you no, see that the trend? Right the trend might have changed. The uh, yeah, like uh, this is just from 2015. <laughs> you know. I, yeah, I think meant the trade might change like you were betting on one group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go long here, I think, guys. <laughs> no, <Well>. no. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, for for context, uh Ryan just posted a picture in a little group chat thing of like 
the suicide rates by profession and construction workers are actually number one. This is the first I've seen of this. But yeah, never mind. If you care about yourself, don't get into this field of work. You will. <laughs> never mind. We're not longing this. Uh, I'm surprised legal is so low. Legal yeah. is one quarter of construction. Well, bear in mind, this is the top 22. So legal is still like high relative to every profession. Yeah, but I would have, like, if I were a lawyer, I'd kill myself. <laughs> I'm um, so there's a lot of factors uh, at play here, I'm sure, uh, beyond the, the job itself. I think because every job like selects a, a specific type of person to get into it in the first place. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go on, go on. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about what trade you could make here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely should not be making this, that. <laughs> this happened, uh, I think I mentioned to you guys before that I use Polymarket to bet on a bunch of random stuff. Yeah. And I was saying to my friend, I was like, man, like, Two years ago, it was obsessed with the equity markets. Last year, crypto markets. Now, it's just checking the COVID charts to see where the numbers are at and uh, day trading that. Yeah, you'll notice derivatives, high leverage derivatives traders are not on this list. Kind of makes you think, doesn't it? I, I think you can't even chart like how often like they often <laughs> like, the rate that they get li liquidated. It Yeah. It's probably really bad, actually. They just, they're not legally registered under that job title. Or like, you know, like survivorship bias, like yeah, people yeah. who like stick around, um, get like overrepresented in statistics, like none of them stick around. So we just don't have any statistics on them. You know, it doesn't say DeFi Kingdoms players anywhere here. That kind of makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt. I was you were still there, Ryan. I was like, oh, man, did Ryan well, get bumped or something? I, and then I was just... sort of, I was just quiet because I don't really know anything about. Uh, yeah, I start talking I, about like I, truck drivers I've, and shit, and he I've, just gets real quiet. I I wore I wore white collar unsurprisingly all my life. I like straight out of uni. I just I started writing software for a bank. Uh, so I hey. I'm not I'm not familiar with the struggle. I don't get it. So you you all go off. I think that's an example of a different type of white collar too. Where it's sure. like there's, I don't know what you would call it. There's like production ready Useful. white collar, and then there, yeah, there's production ready, and then there's other. I don't even know what the word would be, yeah. but just jobs that are like not directly connected to creation. Administrative, yeah, the, the bureaucratic administrative compared to like people who are actually like building things with their brains. Sure, exactly. Yeah. And that might kind of be the extinct, like the distinction there is humans naturally want to like build and create and like move things forward. And a lot of white collar jobs kind of like prevent you from doing that um, or put you in a place where like that's not required ever. And uh, you have a hard time like conferring meaning to what you're doing if there's no like advancement. You're just like a cog that like keeps spinning in the same way every single day. You're just like a conduit through which other people like operate. And if you're not connected to the product or the revenue, yeah. then you don't viscerally feel an accomplishment. Whereas if you're if you're building something like physically, moving something around, doing whatever, you're like, oh, this got done. Whereas like, oh, updated the spreadsheet today and stuff like that. Like you need you need to see like, oh, money is connected to this. Like something getting done is connected to this. I understand that, and I think that's what a lot of roles are missing. And I guess as people climb Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They maybe they stop climbing it. Be How do I say this? As they've climbed far enough, it's almost like they then can just fall off completely because they're not even 
they're not feeling like they're accomplishing anything. And then someone else will undercut them and be like, oh, fuck, like, I'll do this job for one ladder or one rung up on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, whereas you're trying to do it for self-esteem and aren't good at it anymore. Like, it's like if you can get out-competed by someone in a third world country that can just do it and be like, yeah, I'm happy to have house and food. Yeah. Like, that's just very different. There's a different need that comes to it. And then you have all these people that are just like, oh, like, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll check out, like, I'll quit, I'll travel for a bit, and I'll come back to, like, figure out what I want to do then, I'll find myself. Like, it's just, it's a very, very odd difference in preferences from country to country. And I guess civilization to civilization. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're done with this topic. Good job, yeah. Great episode. What would yeah. we make it like? I, I just don't have a ton to add to that one. <laughs> Well, yeah it's funny because i thought this was a more it not interesting but like fatter topic than it was because like there's something cool here and i don't know what to do with it like i'm like okay there's other businesses to start here is it is this something that will lead to more people going into trading is this why like some uh, i've heard this theorized and i don't know if it's bullshit where part of the issue with uh compressed labor markets in the united states where they can't find people that will work like wait staff jobs and things like that is yeah, just just that a lot of them are trading crypto. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if I buy that, yeah. but it well, could be. Apparently it was a phenomenon, specifically in Korea, where there was a lot of <laughs> young Koreans like bailing out of the job market because the crypto market was hot as fuck. And they were like, I'm making better money more trading money, yeah. shit coins. I don't know if they're still there. They're probably reapplied by now. But <laughs> uh, I know that that was a real phenomenon in South Korea uh, this year. Yeah, and I just know uh, <laughs> I was out for drinks with uh, my buddy and my girlfriend, and we were I, I was trying to explain some crypto joke to uh, like my girlfriend's friend, and I was talking about like, yeah, like this, this, this. Is why I always say like not gonna make it or something. Or I was saying uh, like like when drink, when drink, and just being obnoxious. And the waiter, as I was getting the bill, was just like, "We're all going to the fucking moon," and I was like, "Oh my god, everyone is in this." And this was July. Sure, I was like. Short, short, short. Nope. I was rattled. We got back to the apartment. My girlfriend was like, you all right? I was like, ah, this is the top, isn't really it? Bad. I think this is, babe, babe, this is the top. I, I think I, I think I have to get a job again. Fuck. Wait, th- this is how, this is actually a segue to our other topic, right? The are oh, we early yeah. topic. Are we early? Boom. Like are we early? That? Go team. Uh, that was good. Alex, why don't you, why don't you give me your, your thesis since it was our initial disagreement that sparked this? And oh, just, yeah, yeah. just interject. So we're recording this on the nineteenth, and it's coming out in the second. So uh-huh. we uh, maybe we're profits. Who knows? Maybe everything's crashed, and we were absolutely we were not early anymore. Just yeah, just so everyone knows. <laughs> backwards commentary on it all. Um, yeah, for context on on Twitter, Ryan and I had a friendly disagreement. Um, big beef. Big beef. I, we're still mad. Yeah. We're still see you then few in a little bit. Um, I blocked this is Alex. Our, this is our fourth try recording it because like Ryan <laughs> just, and I just got at it. Like, yelling in ad hominems and no no you guys are such nerds that you were sending just mean memes it was very weird for me i felt slightly violated <laughs> That's how we communicate yeah <laughs> oh shoot um i i should have brought like brought up like the original tweet before we we started the show but um i i think it it started with that uh that pepsi budweiser interaction on twitter <laughs> Um, where they were just like saying like GM and we're all going to make it and whatever else. And uh, to Ryan's point, I, he said something to the effect of if if like these big boomer companies are like using this terminology, then we're not really early. Like major players are like getting into the space and it, we're not like that far ahead of the curve. So like uh, people who are saying that we are should kind of like watch out. 
Um, I made the point that uh, the people who run those accounts who are like making these memes are um, what are they like social media marketers, whatever else, like people whose job it is to like be watching Twitter, be watching social media and like be ahead of like the curve on these uh, um, on these memes and these terminologies and like use these to build like brand affinity. And like they did a good job in doing so, but it's not necessarily indicative of like major parts of these large companies like being on board. with these trends, especially not in any like meaningful, like financial way. Um, and so in some ways, like we are still early. Um, and then we talked about getting into like, uh, a broader meta conversation about whether or not we are actually early to crypto to which I would say, uh, we kind of are in certain respects. Well, the distinction also is, are we talking about Bitcoin? Are we talking about yeah. ETH? Are we talking about ERC twenty yeah. coins? Or are we talking yeah, yeah, like there's yeah. so many sectors? Mm-hmm. And it's like who are these people? What? The person writing this is first of all writing for Twitter. They're probably not writing that on their Facebook posts or the whatever LinkedIn posts or, or Instagram posts from these companies. And so it's like okay, so for Twitter people, there's an addressable market that is deeply into crypto, and mm-hmm. these words are hot, and they'll get a bunch of people that are saying, oh, like, you can't say this, like you you don't really like you're you're sort of faking it and stuff like that. So it's partly yep. controversy generating. But it sort of feels like like there's two things it makes me think of is sort of like someone saying like some super white guy saying like what's up my n words like you said you know, sort of like that. You said like, yourself. That's so good of you. Well, I thought you were gonna go all out there, hard R. <laughs> make me do something in post production for once. <laughs> but you guys know what I mean in the idea that like someone that just is almost like trying to speak a language that they they're not they just can't you can't say mm-hmm. that like that's sort of what i think of it's the same as when like the all the screenshots you ever see of uh someone like right-wing group chats or right-wing uh twitter or something just saying oh like so where are the group chats at guys like trying to like, get in it's like okay nice try fed, fed like, yeah. it's, it's, it sort of just feels like that like oh duh, like just drop these acronyms and uh and they'll buy our shit like it yeah. to me i thought that that was a sign that Things are early in the sense that there's no one that really understands this. There's no, if they were truly understanding it, they would be figuring out ways to actually address it with action or values and stuff like that. Not just dropping an acronym like NGMI about something else and be like, okay, sick, generated revenue today. Like that's not, that's where I think the nuance is here. And that's where, that's why, like, I still think we're early in terms of you look at like the number of MetaMask wallets that are active, especially Mm -hmm. when you take out like the ones that are just like, how many MetaMask wallets do we each have and right, stuff right. like that. And I think that you start to say, okay, like still early on this, but you still got to look for the games that are easy. Like, I don't think that there's easy money in just buying Bitcoin anymore. I think mm-hmm. it's still a good risk adjusted play. And that like, if you're doing that versus buying SPX, I'm like, yeah, like I think that having a diversified portfolio of those things is great, but looking for, like I, I was listening to, a, I don't even know where this was being said. I, I can't remember, but the guy was basically saying, he's like, look for the games that are easy. And he talked about how he'd made a boatload of money as a VC. He's like, but in 2008, everyone was making money. So it was one of those things like, if I could bring in something unique and was in the right game, I was going to crush it. And it's, I don't think that that happens anymore. You can, there, there will not be as many people that are like, oh, I made my fortune in Bitcoin mm-hmm. in 2022. There will be, I made my money in X market, in the gaming market. I'm a jewel millionaire and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think that's what it's key to look for. It's like, what markets can you almost fail upwards in? Like where it's like, okay, even if you're a complete moron, you put yourself in somewhere early enough that you crushed it. And that's what, I think that's what we're all looking for. And that's sort of what we try and talk about in this podcast in both a building and trading sense. 
Yeah, I've seen this. Um, it's not a meme. It's like a little like um, <clears throat> explanatory infographic looking thing. It's kind of like a chart, like a bell curve looking thing. Um, on the left side, where like you've got like the left flat curve at the beginning, um, you've got I think it's innovators, and then like the curve gets a little bit fatter, and then it's early adopters, and then you get to like the middle, but like left side of like the the big hump in the bell curve, and it's um, I think early majority, and then the right side is late majority, and then like at the end, yeah, like the stragglers. Like, laggards or something like that and i think it's useful to like place different parts of say like the crypto ecosystem onto different points along that along that spectrum to like figure out um i guess where you are on like the risk adjusted return point of it so like with bitcoin it's probably fair to say that we're like at least in like the early majority phase like we've got major banks and hedge funds talking about getting getting in on it we've got like very public like ceos of very large companies talking about um yeah, 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 that one. Um, Our show so notes we, are going to be so much better in the last it'll be today. the first time we actually have real show notes <laughs> for this one, no, which Rhett, I like. I think we should have. Us. He's, he's been pulling show notes together. Hey. Let's oh. go. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with Bitcoin, where I think we're in like the early majority phase, probably. Um, pretty much everybody's heard of it. Um, most people don't own like significant portions of it. And if Bitcoin's thesis does like, play out for real for real like long term decades down the road in theory most people are going to like own some if not like a lot of it at least relative to like their net worth um it again in theory it's going to be like the common denominator behind like the whole crypto ecosystem so, like we're definitely like moving in that direction we're not quite there so there are like good risk adjusted returns like will said but if you're looking to make like those big exponential gains you're not going to be able to dump like a few thousand dollars into bitcoin now and expect to like be wealthy wealthy in the future um, but if you want to get like in earlier on that curve i think there are still a lot of things in the crypto ecosystem that um that do put you in um on like the innovators early adopter phases where like the real money is to be made okay so you guys are wrong oh damn you guys are incorrect about this okay uh we're not early we're not early we haven't been early in a long time um the, the, the main argument I'm hearing in favor of earliness is that, yes, of course, you're not early to the majors, um, but there are still plenty of opportunities within crypto. Um, that, and that, mean, that means you're early because those opportunities exist. But such uh, the same argument can be made for uh, every every market. Uh, the stock market, you can make that argument for the stock market. Uh, are, are you early to Microsoft? Probably not, but there's a ton of stocks that you can see here that you'll have massive uh, percent gains in. Um, therefore, you can be early, uh, which is true, but it's not a useful way to think about the stock market. Obviously, no one is early to the stock market. Um, and I think it's useful to to think about crypto in the same way. Yes, there will always be projects that you can like 1,000x in for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not, <laughs> you, you need to think of it in terms of uh, what the average altcoin is going to do. Uh, crypto... Yeah, like it's true. Like these guys are just like they're using meme phrases, um, but they their their job is to appeal to the lowest common denominator. I think we, we this was like part of our core argument. Um, I I don't think their their job is to like single out uh, a very very small sliver of people. I think they're trying to appeal to a lot of people. I think something that crypto people have struggled with, especially people that have gotten in kind of early, uh, like even be like before before me. Um, like pre 2017 is that is that people are like the culture has absolutely penetrated the mainstream now 
Mm-hmm. People, under, people under, yeah, it's, it's th- throbbingly penetrated the mainstream, um, and it, it's it's absolutely part of the culture now. Like people know about NFTs, people know about mm-hmm. uh, tokens, people know about crypto. It's oh, not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not. I, this is this conversation is so tricky because like everyone has a different definition of early, and everyone has a different definition of late. Early to what? And, and, yeah. there, there's there's like a billion different sectors within. Uh, well, Ryan, my. my one, one quick thing to point out there is that there's knowing about it and then there's investing in it because there is more of a barrier to investing in crypto than there is in like equities or stuff like that. It's not that hard anymore though. <laughs> so you just sign up for Coinbase. Speaking, no, you, but you can do it on your phone, speaking, man. It's, I don't think that's even true anymore, to be honest. I don't think that that is, I don't think that is true. I remember saying that crypto trading is going to get harder every single year from now on. I still think that is true. And uh, I think... I, I, yeah, I, it, it's sort of, we need to have like probably proper like definitions of each term to actually yeah. have a real debate about this. My my feeling, my feeling is that we're not early. Um, we haven't been early for a while. Of course, there are going to be sectors that you can be early to, but even mm-hmm. then, even then there will be so many more eyes on those than the previous new sectors that came out. Like, mm. oh yeah, yeah, maybe you can be early to metaverse, but there's still, by virtue of crypto being so massive now, you still can't be that early to it because there's already a shit ton of eyes looking to be early on the next thing. Oh. Like when when, De- when DeFi launched in the heat of like a bear market, you you were actually early. You were actually mm-hmm. early to DeFi summer because there weren't that many people paying attention. And you could actually, uh, like the, the sector as a whole was hugely bullish. It wasn't just like, oh, there are some good projects in here. It was as an index, it was going crazy. Um, you could be bullish to that. A year ago, you could be early to NFTs because it had no attention on it. The metaverse, like there's already a shit ton of people speculating on the metaverse and it barely mm-hmm. exists. It barely exists. I, I don't think I don't think that people are on the whole early to this. Um, I don't think when you argue about BTC and ETH, like am I bullish on them? Yes. Are we early? No, <laughs> no, like definitely not. Um, I I think if you were to look at crypto in like a broad, big picture scope, I don't think there's a ton of arguments for you being early on average. Yeah, what the, do you guys think is, about that? Yeah, the, there is like, um, like there are like new projects coming up and coming out and you can like technically be early on them, but there's enough like clout and money sloshing around in the ecosystem like if somebody is like creating a new project that's actually viable and um, Mm -hmm. has a potential to scale and do very well um, usually they're not looking to like smaller time retail investors to like help bootstrap the beginning of the company some do and like good on them but usually um, they're going to like vcs or like big prominent like well-known wealthy like the kobe's-esque like kind of people on crypto twitter Mm -hmm. uh, people that they know have a lot of capital know who like are known for understanding the space very well, people who understand the space professionally and have been doing so for a while. Um, that's usually the kind of money that new projects are kind of trying to attract. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I will grant that the market structure is changing such that projects are getting more serious and in doing so they're taking like early funding more yeah. seriously. Or if by yeah. seriously, I mean like looking to scale and like go through like institutions and like existing wealthy, like people who have already made it rather yeah. than like bootstrapping with a whole bunch of like smaller, uh, smaller investors. 
That's true. Well, like early is such a relative term. Like you can mm-hmm. like you can obviously still be early. Like that's why I keep singling out. Like I say, like the next great wave of traders will be experts in like little tiny fields like DeFi kingdoms or like parallel mm-hmm. cards or something, in which you can absolutely still be early to it because there's actually not many eyes on them. There's a mm-hmm. really small number of eyes on them. But you're saying that in the macro sense of crypto, there's that's there's a not ton early. Of eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not not but, early, not early. I think it's also where what we define early as because for the pitch of what Bitcoin could be, what ETH could be, and what crypto can be in general, I think we're still very, very early. Like relative the, to like fully realized the, potential, yeah. For the realized potential, we're still very, very early. Like a lot of people know about it. Some people are investing in it and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. user base, if it hits what I think we all agree that it could or maybe should hit, yeah. And we're a fraction as far as far as it can actually be applied out and stuff like that. And so um, we're all the way to the left on that adoption curve. Right, you just that too. Interesting. Uh, well, I I agree that means we're not necessarily late. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would agree that it means we are early. Um, just because it plays with a lot of like what ifs and hypotheticals. Um, if we're not late or early, does that mean we're on time? <laughs> maybe, now, maybe. so how early are we are you, are you five minutes early are you half an hour early what equivalent um, i think an important piece of context to this is that we're like uh we've just enjoyed like a very long bull market whether it's still ongoing or not who knows i think it is but we, we've we're we're like exhausted at the end of a long frothy bull market here um so it's hard to think in terms of early when i expect a, a large part of the crypto market cap to have like a a chunk taken out of it uh probably in the next year or so um maybe a year after that i don't know i don't want to put time frames on it but so, I, I i do expect a lot of it will get caught up because it's it's fairly overblown right now so we'll go from being on time to being early again because money will leave yeah yeah i yeah i, I know that sounds weird because we think about time in that like linear that, sense but yeah i think it is yes, kind of we will go from i think we will go from like uh not early back to early it like over time does that make right. sense does, yeah, like if that, you're buying Bitcoin in like December 2017, you bought Bitcoin late, like low key, yeah, like yeah. not on like a super linear macro scale. Like if you bought it then or still holding it, then yeah. I guess you could say that you were early again. But like, yeah, relative like you, to what you could have been like just a few months in either direction, um, like you picked a bad time to do yeah. it. Yeah, you, you were yeah. 10 minutes late, but also a week early. Yeah, if, in yeah, the broader yeah, like, scale of things. It's like, <laughs> like you can be earlier if you wait. <laughs> Yeah, like counterintuitively, I yeah maybe the early late metaphor is like flawed because it's like implies a linear time, but yeah I I do think there is that's an important element to the way I think about this. So maybe yeah I mean look if you were zooming out like fifty years in the future yeah sure I guess we're early probably, um, mm-hmm. but well more mean for like your, the way I understand your ETH thesis is that it's just going to be like like look at how nfts are being traded and built out and stuff like that it's being built on ethan that's been huge Mm -hmm. for it and so the idea is that if they're going to keep being new use cases built on eth then it's like okay like er, we are late relative to like several maybe maybe 10 million people but at the same time for where this can go there's still a ton of upside and maybe i'm thinking in terms of upside and you're thinking in terms of number of people or do you know what i mean like that's why i'm mm-hmm. like i still think there's potential when people ask me and i had this twice yesterday and they're like oh like would you still get in i'm like yeah get in but like don't don't get in expecting a 10x on these like low 
uh, what am I trying to say? Not low beta coins, just these lower volatility coins now. It's hilarious calling Bitcoin and ETH lower volatility. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, no, I'm thinking of terms of return as well. I, I'm thinking users and, and return. Well, users, maybe we are early. Uh, returns, yeah. l- maybe less so. Because, um, like, I don't know, talking macro again, but what, like, what happens if, like, proper tapering happens and the, the printers slow down? Um, then it will really feel like you're not early, even if the users still go up. Guys, and say talk. Go Come team. On, guys. Guys, I, I think I accidentally <laughs> left the server there. I, I said some funny and inappropriate stuff. Don't worry. In that time. <laughs> yeah, thank you for muting yourself. Very considerate. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, I'm still like long, long time frame bullish. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. I think we all, I think we all are. Um, so when I say like we're not early, I don't mean to say like eggs all sell, sell, sell. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean. That. I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of timing. And yeah, you're just thinking of, exit uh, into Wi-Fi, Jewel, ETH, and uh, I can't remember what your fourth favorite one is. Uh, Avax, I think, was my was my. Avax has been doing well. Avax doing really well, and it's mm-hmm. like uh, it, it seems like a really good layer one. I'm yeah. excited to explore more of it when Jewel ports over there. Right, right, right. I'm gonna sail was, over on the pirate ship. I was like blown away with um, the Avax integration on Ave. It's already like as big as oh, Polygon, and like. Um, I think it's like a third of the size of ETH's mainnet, which is insane because ETH is like kind of king in DeFi and AVAX is mm-hmm. catching up very quickly. Like they and they pulled that market share from ETH too. Like ETH held like twenty billion or something like that, um, and like value locked on the on the protocol. Then AVAX gets on there, and within like a couple months, ETH shrinks down to like fifteen, and AVAX runs up to like five. So a lot mm. of people seem to really like using it. Yeah, the Jewel AVAC pool might be the best pool. I don't know why I'm not in it. I'm in Jewel ETH like like an idiot. Who? The, the Jewel pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to think that Ryan is investing in Jewel as in the vape company. Hey. Just Wait, like, oh, you guys, you're just definitely late on that play. How, how do you say pool? Pool. 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 Yeah, how do I say it? How do you say pool? How, sorry, like- how do you say poo? Poo, yeah, I feel poo. like you're like throwing like a Y at like who you'll pull, 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 like P O O W E L. This is anti-Anglo bullying. <laughs> you know, I, I meant to like before we had Kevin on, I meant to like go through and like find some like very very offensive Scottish jokes to be like ripping through the whole pod, but it actually slipped <laughs> my mind. Jewel pool, jewel pool, jewel pool, jewel pool. <laughs> How did I know you dive into the jewel pool? Jewel pool. <laughs> um, yeah, Jewel Avax might be the pool. Oh man, for like uh, to try and like ham-handedly try and like loop it into like what we we're talking about before about um, placing more focus on uh, like creators and builders. Um, if you do want to be early, if like being early, early to something is like particularly important to you, the um, the very best way to do that is get like at the very beginning of like the left end of this adoption curve and be in on the innovators part or be in, in like yeah. the innovator segment. Like be the one that builds it and you will necessarily be like the very, very earliest to it. Yeah, you need to do the work, man. You need to do the work. Every mm-hmm. fucking retard is on Twitter now. Every retard is on crypto YouTube. Every retard is on crypto subreddits. Like you're, you cannot, bad. 
Yeah, you you can't be you cannot be early to this shit anymore. All right, if BetBoy's talking about it, you're not early. You're straight yeah. up not early. You're not getting insider info on any of this shit. I don't care if it pumps a little bit. You actually need to put in hard work. You need to build shit. You need to like scrounge on the discords. You need to make mm-hmm. friends. Like you, you need to read the you 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 need to actually read this shit. You need to actually do work now. Um, it, so I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a good thing. It's the market maturing. Um, and there's always going to be easy games if you know where to look. But yeah, you just can't be lazy anymore. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot is the idea that like blockchain and crypto is just the vehicle for other games to be uh, other games you can play. Like thinking about biotech or AI or ML, um, anything like that is that you don't just have to be buying biotech stocks. Now you can be finding like, are there biotech cryptos and stuff like that? So there's a game that you can crush just by being like, I've, I've spent six months just di- not me. I'm far too, uh, ADD to learn anything about biology besides, uh, esoteric, uh, supplements. But think about that, like you just dive deep on biotech and then it's like, maybe I'm buying bio cryptocurrencies, maybe I'm buying bio stocks and stuff like that. Same with AI, ML and with building. It's like, is the answer going to be just like a simple, like, oh, we designed cool tokenomics and built out basically on market. The product is really just the marketing and the design of the tokenomics, or is there a stronger technological element there? And that's where I think that if you really gave a fuck for the next year, on something like that, that's where there's a ton of opportunities. The intersection of actual technological advancements and blockchain slash crypto. Because blockchain and crypto are partly tech advancements, so they're also organizational advancements. In the same way that like the LLC was a huge advancement, like the Limited Liability Corporation mm-hmm. in the like 1820s when it was first invented, because it allowed people to create companies without like being at risk of like Incur- the company. Exactly. It's like, this is the next step. It's an organizational capability. What are you going to do with that? And the tech innovations will start to come from not just, oh, we're doing like this little computing thing. It's like, okay, we're using this to actually, we're using this to combine AI and um, blockchain to solve, uh, I don't know, to cure dementia using this. I don't know. Like I'm bullshitting right now, but that's, that's what I think about a lot is that I read, most of the stuff I read book-wise is more, like, I don't know, like Sovereign Individual, The Fourth Turning, and stuff like that. Like, when yeah. I do read nonfiction, and I'm like, I think I need to be spending, like, half my time actually reading, like, real science and going deep on that, because that's mm-hmm. where the building and the trading will be in the future. Yeah, where the actual alpha is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, the, like, blockchain technology, and I, I think, like, a very good macro play, like, no matter where you are in history, is going very, very long on any kind of new technology that advances humans' capacity to, like, organize and communicate. Um, it, like, every time that we get some kind of big, like, technological advancement there, society gets, like, catapulted forward. Like, the, like, scientific industrial revolution, it, like, good arguments could be made that, like, that would not have been possible at all um, had the, what's it, a Gutenberg press or whatever, had that not been invented. Um, had we not had the capacity to, like, quickly and at scale record and disseminate information um, then the capacity for like people to collaborate well together um, that would not have existed and all of the downstream things that came from that w- would never have come about and this is like this um, exponential kind of like j-curve thing where um, each advance in technology um, enables us to advance technology even further even faster so each new innovation comes like faster and faster and faster like 
how it took like a hundred hundreds of years, a hundred, I don't know, between um, the first printing press and like the telephone and then the telephone to the, uh, well, um, the telephone to like television and then the television to internet and then internet to blockchain. Um, each one gets like faster and faster and confers like more and more profound benefits. And we're coming into one now where we can now coordinate both information and capital um with anybody in the world uh, without like any like serious like gatekeeping or anything like that and i think this is going to advance once this underlying technology gets fleshed out and people have good models for using it and everything's like sufficiently saturated with capital and talent or whatever else um we'll, we're going to be able to organize like everything like very very quickly i i think i don't want to say it's going to like cure cancer immediately but like it's going to give all of the people who have the best shot at curing cancer uh it's, capacity to get together and communicate and share resources and do so in like an open and transparent way because like I, right now you hear people bullshit about like oh they already have the cure for cancer they're just not putting it out there because curing cancer is not nearly as profitable as um managing cancer symptoms over like a long period of time but now we've got like this incentive structure being built where like we don't have these walled gardens around uh um around like our pharmaceutical research whatever else and if we can like open source this then i think a lot of very good things are going to come from it we're we're going to get a lot around a lot of like regulatory yeah. capture and um uh, the this like institutional gatekeeping that's kind of been you know fuck bucking us for the last century well it goes to um was it the efficient market hypothesis? The idea that, mm -hmm. oh, okay, like stocks, everything reflects like the actual value at that time. And mm -hmm. people being like, well, that's not true because everyone can still make money there. There's tons of inefficiencies. Yeah. I think this will bring us closer to that just by taking away yeah. certain institutional biases, not biases, but sort of certain institutional pressures in one direction, maybe like a bias in a certain direction that mm -hmm. the markets have right now. And it starts to fix that and be like, okay, like where's the value? Where is value being created? And mm -hmm. let's funnel, and it'll funnel money in that way. And, um, and I think that's sort of what we started off talking or yeah, we started talking about it at the beginning of this was the white collar, blue collar thing is that like the value is in building stuff. The value is mm -hmm. in selling stuff. And so if you're in that weird middle where it's like, yeah, you're educated, but you're not really creating shit. Like you're, you're, you're there and you're collecting rent in a lot of ways. That's going to be outmoded more and more. That's the, the AI thesis. That's the remote work thesis that most people don't realize that they're voting for in a way by being like, oh, remote work is sick. It's like, yeah but you're more easily replaced now unless you're bringing yeah. something very unique to it. And so right. I, I, with all of that, it really just seems like honestly having a conversation with yourself because I guess it's two days after New Year's and being like, where am I creating value in my life? Where am I not? Where can I create value? Where can I create, where can I change myself to create more value in the next year and stuff like that? And creating value is such an autistic term, but it is just like- How did I do you? You would add value. Add value. Oh, I have one guy I work with who is constantly like that. He's like, I think it would be, I think it would add value to do this. And he just says it so explicitly. And it reminds me of people that say, like, I'm a high value man. I'm like, not ironically at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Exactly. Let's get him on the pod. Uh, no. <laughs> we're, Did you guys we're interesting except for other reasons. I'll explain it otherwise, but one day maybe. Did you guys see uh, the guy on Twitter? I think his name's Sahil Bloom or something. He's um, like, coordinating the purchase of the x games from espn no no i didn't say that all right um do tell. 
Yeah, X Games, it's just like kind of like an Olympics-esque sporting event, but for like extreme sports, um, like... Uh, oh, yeah, like Sean, whatever. and yeah, snowboarding, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess it like hasn't been doing super well, or like there have been like COVID-related issues to it or whatever else. Um, ESPN technically owns it, um, but they're like kind of looking to sell it. Um, then this dude on Twitter, uh, he's like an economist financial guy he does a lot of good threads i don't i don't really know what he's like known for or anything but um he got on and like did this thread about how it would be possible to like get a dow together and uh, just crowdfund the purchase of the x games and like he went through about like all of these different things that they could do to like change the x games get like fans more involved um they're, they're talking about like doing more like events and like making it like a world tour thing instead of just like hosting in the same place every year and like issuing like nfts of uh, cool like uh, events in it and like all these ways that they could cra- capitalize on this brand that espn just has kind of been like being lazy on and not really been um, not been exploiting like they could um and i think this is a really good example of the this idea of like crowdsourcing and coordinating like labor and capital um like a amongst a whole bunch of strangers who otherwise wouldn't have any connections but now we have like the technological capacity to take care of all of this um to to manage the funds that you you need to manage to do something this big uh to make sure everyone's kind of doing their part um i don't know i thought it was very neat that that got me excited Um, not even because i care about the x games it's just like a cool uh, example of this thesis playing out about how our economy is going to get like a lot more like lubed up we're gonna get we're, we're gonna get a lot more streamlined it's gonna be easier for people to get things done at scale and i i think this is gonna be like an exponentially increasing uh kind of phenomenon i was letting that sit for a second i i agree yeah. with you I, just, I don't have anything to add i think that's the coolest part about all this is the dow functionality the it it almost takes what happened in the beginning of this year the whole um like GameStop, AMC thing, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, retail investors can move a market, they can change a market, yeah. to, like, I think that there's actually changes they're making at GameStop that they're trying to, I, it may be just total, like, money grab bullshit meme shit, mm-hmm. where they're just trying to, like, integrate, like, blockchain or metaverse or whatever, mm-hmm. but with them and AMC, it's like, if you have people that are like, you know what, like, I like this company, this company has x amount of infrastructure and brand value that i think we can turn around it doesn't just have to be private equity companies that think that they're going to flip it in two years with this payoff and do this this and this and maybe they'll just tear the company apart instead it's like there's a more sentimental investors thesis now or long-term investors thesis which is in a way the same thing here where you you can have groups of many retail investors bring a company back and we sort of saw it originally with like when they reboot TV shows, like you'd have a bunch of people be like, yeah, like this, this, like they would almost be voting for their TV show to come back. And it's like, now you can almost vote for a company to come back and make the changes that you want. And you just do that in the form of a DAO. Does that make any sense? Yeah. That they could like kind of, um, maybe empower fans a little bit. If you're like crowdsourcing the motivation, um, to like keep the show going. Like if there was like a network show and you've got this, uh, like production company, that handles hiring the cast and the script and whatever else. And then the production company, for whatever reason, decides they don't want to keep doing it anymore. Um, that show gets canceled. But then if you could get a DAO, a whole bunch of like diehard, like cult follower fans, whatever else, say like, hey, no, we care about this so much. We want to see this continue so much that we're willing to like 
pool the labor and like advertise yeah. to get like writers and like the actors back on whatever else. Um, if you've got enough like public motivation to get anything done, it can now get done even if like the the centralized uh, middlemen who previously took care of uh, like all the administration, even if they don't care to do it anymore, we still have means of making it happen. And it partly comes from the whole long tail thing where like what we've seen with Netflix is Netflix can outbid almost any movie studio right now because oh, their yeah. distribution allows them to just pay more because they're going to make more on it. And mm-hmm. so because of that, you're seeing like some actually more intelligent TV shows being made. Like they don't have to just oh, go yeah. to the lowest common denominator with any of this. And it's great because like I don't watch much TV, but sometimes like books I like get made into a TV show. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this didn't end up being boneheadedly stupid and the equivalent of like they didn't just turn into like the hunger hunger games where the hunger games is just like very flat writing perfect Mm -hmm. for a movie for everyone but like there's not much going on there it's like so with these books it's like they don't dumb it down and they do the equivalent of what the lord of the rings did was lord of the rings actually added to the books Mm -hmm. rather than taking away to make it so it's more accessible and right right I, i think that's a great great thing because you'll have just entertainment being that can go mainstream in quotes, like where there's mainstream pay. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing this indie movie and then the next thing I'll get paid big on. It's like, oh, you can make a lot of money doing good stuff that, that goes to a small group of people because this small group of people is now being drawn from all over the world and they have money yeah. and there's different ways of them putting money into it. Yeah, yeah the market got like a whole lot bigger and much yeah, better it's incentivized. A- it's a bigger market and the same percentage of people. And so it just means that all these new things are possible. And it's, it's yep. really nice to see because like for a while I felt like, oh man, most entertainment is not really addressed to me. And I'm like, okay, like once in a while, like something comes along with like, this is like, this is not just made to like, I don't even have a good word for it. This is not made to just turn into like six seasons in a movie type thing. This is mm-hmm. uh, like, there's an actual like plan here and there's like a way they're doing it that is still artistic because art is art in the like i guess the entertainment sense is now possible at scale with all of this yeah like the same thing we saw with like the jpeg summer and um like (laughs) artists being able to get like rewarded for their work i think that was like the lowest hanging fruit of what this technology kind of kind of enables and it if like if you're early to that then like awesome but um well i'm not going to go and say like you're super early to all of this um uh, there are i think a lot of like cool investment opportunities will like present themselves out of this and if you do have like a particular niche or like a part of the market or economy that like you're very well um, very knowledgeable about you might have an edge like carving that out um amongst like whatever your sector's DAOs like happen to be i I don't know what the investment vehicles there are going to look like but if something can get like financialized and gamified and like made you can make a profit off of it then you can rest assured that we're going to find a way to like do that that's going to be a priority for whoever's developing it so yeah yeah the coolest part about all this is that there's there's always something you just have to stay alive and be patient um don't don't get greedy don't like blow all your ammo trying to make it in the next month um you shouldn't like you should never be uh thinking what can i extract from the market it it's it's um it, it's what will the market give to you it's like That's you, you're not you, what you can give to what the market yeah, can give yeah, to you but what you yeah. can give to the market um no that <laughs> seems like that seems a bad way to think about it in all honesty <laughs> um no, but yeah it would be a communist um <laughs> uh where was i what was i saying uh telling everybody to add value 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the point is not about you is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Um, it's like it, it's never it's never about you. Sometimes there are going to be long periods where like you cannot. You, it's very negative EV to be trying to uh, trying to make it during that period, and that's okay. Like because you should just focus on staying alive for those times where you spot like a like a, a jewel at, at low low value or like mm-hmm. uh, when you were ready to jump on like DeFi summer or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you, you will find these, you will absolutely find them where like it's a perfect storm and every like every little intuition your body is aligning to tell you to like uh, to go long and it, and it works out. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what, that's mainly what I want to drive home when I say like, we're not early. It's like, don't, don't blow all your ammo because like there will absolutely be opportunities um, you mm-hmm. just need to. You just need to not be greedy and impatient. What a heartwarming that's how, that's message to start die. the year. That's why people die. Being greedy and impatient. Uh, no, according yeah. to the chart that you sent, people die by being construction workers or yeah. maintenance or repair or in arts, design, entertainment. I guess that's just musicians killing themselves. The yeah. the greediest people, uh, of course, the most impatient of all people. <laughs> <laughs> that chart was honestly kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I'd, I'd heard like much different stats around that. Well, this is 2015, so. True. Might have been inverted by now. Hmm. <laughs> Hopefully we're about the bottom on occupational suicide. <laughs> we should stop the, the joke about trading everything, including like suicide futures. <laughs> uh, like the, the assassination DAO. Yeah, they got, they got a derivative of this yet. That needs to happen. Like when you when you uh, at the beginning talked about like twenty twenty two goals, I was like, get my first dark web hit done. But uh, <laughs> you're trying I to get our podcast taken down, man. That. You're trying Damn to uh, trying to get us off Spotify. I don't know. We just hit an hour. I think that's a good place to to say no more. <laughs> yeah. Well, ha- yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, everyone, happy follow us on Twitter. That's we've realized the best way. We're gonna start oh, trying to post yeah. links yeah. to all the different places we're posted so we just let mm-hmm. twitter be the centralized uh interaction with us it's where we post our dumbest jokes and it's where we'll try and post all of this yep cool. you can uh say your handles show your handles uh well, what, what is the actual twitter it's at mod sovereign i think at mod sovereign yeah what uh um, 69 nope don't hit in the 69 no 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 if somebody uh, wants to make like a fun alt account that makes fun of us, that'd be a good handle for it. You can find me, uh, Metatrist, Cypher Algos, uh, Chiron01, XA <laughs> underscore Alexander, and Chaotic Literally, literally <laughs> any Twitter handle, it is Ryan. And Eric. Uh, yeah, E, e underscore C Dalton. C Dalton. You, yeah, yep. you can find me there too. Um, and <laughs> do you guys remember any of my other alt accounts? Oh, um, I don't think you want those one doxed. I think no. you're trying to keep those ones on the down no. low. Oh, it's uh, funny. It's a non have underscore girl. Legitimate well businesses. To... <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Well, don't you actually have other ones for like other projects you're doing right now? But you're yeah, not yeah. Really... yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, I have That's a why it's You actually do have like four Twitter accounts. Uh, I think total, like if I had to go More through than... all of them, I, pr- I probably have like five or six. Yeah. But most of them are like, well, not most. Some are inactive. Try and yeah, find them all. I'll give you. I'll give you a prize if you find them all. An airdrop. All right. Um, we're like <laughs> I'm two just minutes as long as possible, as awkward as possible. <laughs> You're doing this on purpose now, aren't you? Well, just... keeps trying to make her jokes look like they bombed every single time.
Yeah, because you guys brought me in. You just needed an extrovert to talk bullshit when yeah. you guys didn't have anything else to say. Yeah, if you guys not listen to... You guys ever listen to the Come Town podcast? What? You never listen to Come Town? Come Town? All right, anyway, there's, there's it's, a guy... It's, what, the, one it's from the Cummies Discord, right? Sure. It's, <laughs> see, I should have left that hanging. If I was if I was as bad as you, I would have left that hanging and made you look like you... I would have just laughed at my own joke and been fun. <laughs> I think that's the trick. We just have to laugh at our own jokes. Don't wait for like the other people to to, to catch it. I love yeah, the I'm last sure. ten minutes of the pod. We always get bored of like being serious. Yeah, oh, of course, it devolves very quickly. But <laughs> I'm I'm bringing a laugh track next time. You guys oh, are not gonna so much fun. I'm not even gonna warn you, and I'm also just gonna bring just... booze for some of your stuff. Just <laughs> mid mid rant. Ryan's like, "What the fuck is that sound?" Boo! <laughs> you suck. Uh, all right, Jeez. cool. Happy New Year's. Um, Happy New Year, Savies. Yeah, we'll talk to y'all next yeah. week. Live long and prosper. Peace and love.